listening to All Aboard, presented by Coors Light. Live from the Lodge Sasquatch Kitchen in Tempe with Sun Devil head football coach Herm Edwards. Now alongside Coach Edwards, the voice of the Sun Devils, Tim Healy. As we open and get ready to open Arizona State's college football season, I'm not hearing anybody applauding. Oh, that's a lot better. That's a lot better. We've got everybody in mid-season form, and we welcome you to All Aboard with Herm Edwards. Now, you're immediately saying to yourself, gee, something happened to Tim Healy's voice. What did he do? Uh, Nothing. He's got... uh, Tim has got a, uh, a family issue to deal with. Everything's fine. He'll be with us on Saturday. I'm Jeff Munn. I'm uh, one of the new guys on the Sun Devil football broadcast team, and so I'm filling in tonight for Tim. And it's kind of odd because this is the debut of All Aboard with Herm Edwards, and Tim really should be here. Poor coach. He's got a fill-in to deal with on the first show. No, we have some things in common. Yes, sir. Barry Bonds and, That's and right. Reggie Jackson. And so you got that you're right. You're good. You're good. Don't Herm Edwards, the head football coach at Arizona State. Give him a big round of applause and welcome him again to Sun Devil Country. Thank you. Thank you. We'll be here each Thursday during the season at the Lodge Sasquatch Kitchen to uh, talk ASU football. And uh, obviously, we're going to talk tonight about the start of a brand new season in the Herm Edwards era. This is like a football game. We do this in four quarters. So, we start this show tonight with the first quarter. Welcome to All Aboard, presented by Coors Light. First quarter. And here tonight at the uh, Lodge Sasquatch Kitchen, as we welcome head coach Herm Edwards. The season opener is here, and I, I, we've been over all the, the questions. I remember when we were at Pac-12 Media Day that you were still getting asked about, gee, why did you leave television to go into coaching? We've been over all that. Let's just talk football tonight because the season's here. Uh, give me your uh, – we've been through two, three weeks of preseason practices. Have you been happy? Oh, we have, but, but it started before that. Uh, Spring plus, ball, too. Yep, yeah, 200-plus days. When you think about it, yeah. when, we, when we first took over, uh, practicing, studying, um, whether it was OTAs, whether it was summer camp, uh, now we're closing in on the season. And I mentioned that to the players today, is that, uh, you know, we put a lot of work into this. And football is a unique sport. Uh, you think about all those, t- all those practices and the hours that the players are putting in and the coaches are putting in. You get 12 opportunities. That's it. And they all count, and they all count the same. So you have to be ready this weekend uh, to try to win a home game, which would be very, very, very good for us. And, in fact, get off to a great start and, and then uh, see who we are. Saturday night at 7.30, the Devils will take on Texas San Antonio, a team they played two years ago. And we'll have time over the next uh, hour to go into detail about the Roadrunners and what they do both offensively and defensively. You talked about the, the, the time invested, and I think that's important to, for fans to understand is you started breaking down what you had in this program about uh, literally the day after you got hired, I'm sure. Yes, and, and, and it starts with your coaching staff. you got to assemble the coaching staff, which is not easy. I was very fortunate to uh, keep, our, keep one of our coaches that, that had been with the offense, and Coach Likens, the offensive coordinator. So the offense was going to stay intact, but then I had to go out and hire a defensive coordinator. Um, and, you know, when you're searching for guys and, and you become a head coach, there's certain people you call because you're, you're trying to figure out the guys that fit your personality, especially on defense because when you've been a head coach all your life but a defensive guy – uh, you like guys that have similar personalities because you know how they function and they think. Well, it didn't take long for the name of Danny Gonzalez to come up, and he was at San Diego State. Um, 
one of my alma maters. I, right. I visited a couple of college campuses <laughs> in my lifetime, but ended up getting my degree from San Diego State and uh, really liked the style of defense they played down there. So he was my first interview for a defensive coordinator, and it was unique because um, I called his head coach and said, I'd like to, uh, you know, interview Danny. And he said, Coach, by all means. And I said, well, I don't need him to come at this time. Well, they were in a bowl game. Right. And so Coach Gonzalez couldn't get there during the day, so he had to come at night. So he comes here, he lands like 1030 at night. And I'm sitting in my office, and he comes in, and he's, you know, he's in his bowl. There's still bowl practice, and he comes in with a tie on. I go, oh, he's way overdressed. <laughs> I said, I said you, you don't need to do that, Coach. Take your tie off. And about 130 in the morning, we're still in there watching tape, and I'm looking, and, and we're talking, and I'm going, okay. And so we leave, we go over to the hotel, and he leaves, and I'm talking to Gene Boyd and a couple other guys, and they say, well, what do you think? And I said, I got my coordinator. And they said, what? And they said, well, you got three more interviews. I said, no, I don't. I said, that's the guy. And he said, coach. I said, no, no, no. I've done this before. Trust me. I know what I'm doing. <laughs> and I was just hoping he was going to take the job, and fortunate he did. And you said something uh, Monday to the media in your weekly uh, press briefing that when you talked to Rocky Long, the yes. head coach of San Diego State, the two words he said was... Were yes. he's ready? Oh, no doubt. And uh, trust Rocky, and you know he has a long history of coaching football. Great football coach, by the mind. by the way. Great football mind. And um, you know, Danny played in the defense. I tease the players all the time. You know, it was it was Erlacher and Danny Gonzalez. They're the ones that were the, what we call the Tillman guy. So yeah, if any player has any qualms about their defensive coordinator, say, so, well, he actually played that position, guys. So I think he knows these stuff. Yeah, and Danny's going to be with us a little bit later on in the show to talk about his uh, defensive scheme, not giving too much away, but we'll get into uh, the details of the three-three-five. Let's talk, too, for a moment about your decision to retain Rob Likens, and it's, continuity is a very important thing, especially in an offense where you have a senior quarterback in Manny Wilkins. To have a guy that he's familiar with I, I think is a real big plus for him. Well, I met Rob when I uh, was up at Cal Berkeley, another one of my alma maters. Yes. <laughs> that I was on campus yeah. and went to school there. But um, he was there when uh, Jared Goff was there. And uh, I spoke to the team. And I can remember him then and met him and watched him over the years. And uh, when he was here on the staff as a wide receiver coach, and when you know, Billy got the opportunity to become a head coach, he was the first guy I called. I said, look, if Billy leaves, I want you to be the offensive coordinator if, if, if you'd like to take the job. I thought it would be good for our offense. I thought it would be good for Manny. You know, this has been a pretty productive offense over the last couple of seasons with Manny Wilkins and the rest of those guys. So we wanted to keep that intact somewhat. We've done s- some tweaks to it. But for the most part, it's Manny's offense, which I think is important. He's now, a quarterback. philosophically, and I know that you want Rob to, to run things you, you give a lot of latitude to your coordinators. But philosophically, what do you want to see your offense do? Just in general, is it more of a try to control the tempo or more of an up-tempo approach? Well, every game is a different. And, and I think the, the, the thing I do know about football that I've always stressed to offense is to score points, you have to throw. To win games, you got to run. And so somewhere in between there, we have to be – able to do both and, and I think you have to run the ball because when you don't run the ball in my opinion not tough right. you know, it's, it, there's something about football about being tough and when you own the line of scrimmage and when you can knock a man off his spot and say we're going to run it right there and you're not going to stop us it just it makes your team feel like okay we're, we're a tough football team you know and so I just think that teams that run and at the end win because when you want to close games out and everyone knows you got to close the game out 
you got to be able to run the football. You got to be able to have a balanced offense, and I think we'll have that. You know, there's two things about your offense that I think kind of gone have gone under the radar. One is you do have a lot of talent in terms of running backs. Uh, Eno Benjamin, I was extremely impressed with Isaiah Floyd in preseason practices. But the other thing is your offensive line. You've got guys, you've got a lot of experience in the offensive line, and that's so crucial to be able, if you're going to establish a running game, your offensive line has to know what they're doing. Well, they do because they're tied together, all five of them. And when you play in the Pac-12, um, there's big people. There's big bodies in this conference. <laughs> I yeah. mean, and you have, to, you have to become, you have to be big up front, whether it's your offensive line or your defensive front if you're going to compete like we would like to do and, and, and be one of those teams in the upper echelon in the Pac-12. So you have to get bigger, long, athletic players. I mean, that's what this conference is about uh, when you think about the Pac-12. You know, it's, it's big, long, athletic players, especially up front on offense as well as defense. You mentioned that, too, at uh, a media day uh, in Los Angeles, that if people want to see the next level of player, they want to see guys that are going to play on Sundays, yes. they're going to see more of them in the Pac-12 than just any about any other conference yeah, in the country. We, we, we know that the, the farm league is the SEC. Uh, I used to say that when I was a pro coach. Mm-hmm. The SEC is the farm league. About 50-plus players get drafted out of the SEC every year. Well, there's 30-plus that get, that get drafted out of the Pac-12. The problem with the Pac-12 is this. They play at night. So there's a little bit of East Coast bias. Because when we're playing, people are asleep. Right. And that's what hurts this conference some. But athletically, and, and when people watch it, they understand, look, there's two quarterbacks drafted out of this conference in the first round last year. Right. And there, there have been some tremendous players that come out of, out of this conference. Look, I was in the conference when it was the Pac-8. Yeah. <laughs> so do I have a little bias on, on the West Coast teams in, in this conference? Yeah, I do. I'm, I'll tell the truth, I do. Let's talk, too, about uh, what you decided to do with your practices in preseason. Most of them were outside at night. And you said very simply, I want my players to get used to what it's like in the stadium on Saturday nights. Absolutely. And I just think that we're a team. We don't play in a dome. We actually play outside. We need to practice outside. I mean, use the elements to your advantage. And I think... You know, domes are fine when you plan one, but we're an outside football team. Uh, we needed to practice outside, and the way we run practice is very efficient. Uh, we're not out there, not out there for three hours, but it's efficient. There, there's some, there's some things we'd like to get done every day, and I think the players bought into it. And I, I thought, you know, practicing at night helped us as well because we play at night, right? You know, and I, I love playing at night. I think it's. It's, it's great, to be quite honest. And uh, certainly, we've talked so much about Michigan State and how they'll deal with the heat in a couple of weeks. UTSA plays in a dome. They're probably not used to it either. Well, you're right. Uh, it, it's, what, 72 degrees. Uh, yeah. That won't be the case uh, when they walk into that stadium Saturday night. No. Uh, and hopefully our fan base, in which I've seen it at its peak, is, is, is a, a fabulous place to play if, if you're at home uh, playing in that stadium and they're loud. Uh, feel like they're on top of you. So, you know, we got to use that to our advantage. One other thing about your offense, and you talked about the strength of the running game. The strong running game obviously makes the passing game more effective, and you've already got an effective passing game with two of the best wideouts. In fact, Frank Wilson, a head coach at UTSA, said, we're going to face the best tandem of wide receivers in college football Saturday night. Well, we're very gifted there, and uh, the key to that is obviously you've got to protect the quarterback, and uh, UTSA you know, has a nice front. They have a big, strong, athletic front that can push the pocket, so... If we can protect them, we feel like we have some things that we can try to get going on offense. But you're right. Uh, 
Nikhil, obviously, is one of the better receivers in the country. I was fortunate enough to coach him in the Under Armour All-American game when he came out of high school. So I had him early when he was a high school kid before he came to Arizona State. So, yeah, we, we have some gifted players over there. Um, we acquired a couple guys as well. Yeah, Arizona State fans don't know who they are yet, but they're going to find out here pretty soon. Let's, start, let's find out starting Saturday night. The thing about Nikhil that has impressed me so much, and I, in the first year that I've been involved in following the program on a daily basis, you're talking about a big guy with speed. I mean, if he gets in a one-on-one situation, he wins every time. Well, he's a physical receiver um, with really powerful hands. And um, when you throw the ball up, uh, we call it the 50-50 ball. It's really not a 50-50 ball. It's probably 80-20. He's going to win 80% of the time uh, because he just believes he's going to come down with the ball. Very competitive. You know, you like guys like that that love competing. I mean, he competes all the time, you know, and, and that's what you like about the guy. Yeah, and it's, uh, as I said, you've got so much talent on offense, and that's why I think I've heard a growing optimism, and rightly so, about what the, the season, what, what lies ahead for this program this year. And it, as we've gone through the preseason practices and uh, the, the various events that you've been to to meet with fans, you can tell the optimism, the excitement is really starting to build. Well, and look. You go back historically, um, and it started with, I would say, with Coach Cush's era. Uh, and I used to watch it on television. Uh, I was recruited here. And um, they got a great fan, ba- uh, fan base here. Uh, there's no da- now, now, the campus has grown <laughs> since yeah. those days. We were talking obviously, about Obviously, right? And, yeah. But, but the fan base is fantastic. And there, there, are, uh, there are a lot of Sun Devil fans here in this community. And uh, they support their football team. And it, 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 it's a great venue to play in. You know, one other thing about playing in this, I'm sure you can applaud that. Why not? One other thing, it, it, and you mentioned the fact that you did play at Cal in the 70s when it was the Pac-8. It's always fascinated me that when you say Pac-10, Pac-12, Pac-8 football, there are two visions. One is the power running game at USC, and then there's this other image of seven or nine other schools trying to counter it by throwing the ball all over the yard. Right. You're right. Uh, now, it's kind of ironic you say that because, you know, historically, if you looked at it back in the 70s, and I played in that era um, when SC won national championships, you know, I played against those teams. And uh, at Cal, we actually beat them. Uh, here again, now I think it's the Pac-12, and there's two teams that have been very dominant over the last three seasons, and it's been it's been Stanford and USC. When you think about games won in the Pac-12, uh, they've won 21 apiece. Yeah, uh, that's a big number, you know. So they're going seven and two almost every year in the conference, and that's what we have to do a better job of. Uh, uh, we've got to win more conference games if you're going to compete for Pac-12 championships. You got to play better in the conference, and that's what we're trying to do. We're trying to build a team that can sustain itself in the conference and become one of those conference teams where you're up there at 20 wins every three years or 21 wins. When you're doing that, you're winning a lot of football games. Yep, absolutely. And it all starts Saturday night with UTSA. Now, we're going we're gonna to let you uh, take a break for a little while. Yeah, you got the real guys coming up yeah, here next we to got, players. we've got players, the two defensive captains. Yeah, yeah. how about that? Rennell Wren and Demonte King are going to join us next in our next segment, the second quarter of All Aboard with Herm Edwards. And it comes up right after this break on the Sun Devil Radio Network. Let's start the second quarter of All Aboard. Presented by Coors Light. 
crowd's supposed to applaud. I said that means the crowd's supposed to applaud. Okay. Jeff Moon for Tim Healy. You guys respond better to Tim. Is that it? Okay, I got, I got it. I understand. Tim is uh, off this evening. He'll be uh, with us Saturday night, of course, to begin his 21st year as the radio voice of Sun Devil football. That deserves a round of applause, too, people. Come on. And we are live at the Lodge Sasquatch Kitchen. Let me just tell you a little bit about where we are. We're at First Street and Farmer near Tempe Town Lake and Sun Devil Stadium. They have great scratch-made food and ample free parking. It's owned by Jared Allen and Sun Devil alums. And, yes, it's open early on weekends for college and NFL football. And there's going to be plenty of college football Saturday, including here in Sun Devil Stadium at 7.30 Saturday night against the University of Texas in San Antonio. ASU's named its two defensive captains, and they just happen to be here with us right now. Defensive lineman Rennell Wren, defensive back to Monte King. Welcome to All Aboard with Herm Edwards. Great to have you here. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Uh, you guys ready to go? Yes, sir. Definitely. Uh, tell me a little bit about, there's a lot of things that we could talk about in terms of preseason preparation. Right. But I want to go all the way back to December when you heard that your head coach was going to be Herm Edwards. And you thought, that's the guy I've seen on television. Right, right. It had to be pretty exciting, right? Pretty yeah, astonishing. Yeah. What's that? Pretty astonishing. Astonishing. Right. And how quickly, I mean, I know he met with the players literally the day that he arrived. Right. That uh, it had to be kind of fun to go into a meeting with a guy that you've seen on television for a long time. Plenty of times. Yeah. Plenty of times. What's he talk most about when he meets with the team? You play to win. Um, the biggest thing is that what he emphasized on is, you know, basically just give it all you got on the field. And the way he run practice is like an NFL, NFL type. So it'll get us prepared for the next level and everything. So that's that's a great point and I and I think back to when USC hired Pete Carroll, their their sales pitch was this guy's coached in the NFL, he knows how to get players ready for the NFL. Exactly. And it's the same thing with Coach Edwards. Right. And being a defensive back, I would think that you probably have spent I see coach at preseason practices out on the practice field every once in a while. Definitely. He he's very much he lets the coaches coach until it comes to working with the secondary and then he's right out there. And I bet when he talks you listen. Yeah, most definitely. Uh this guy's been around football his whole life. You know what I mean? He's a reputable name and everything and like you say, he's real hands on. He's not uh shy about anything, so you know, he definitely knows what he's talking about. We all ears when he's out there. You have a new defensive coordinator who has a, a, an interesting scheme, a three-three-five. First right. of all, anytime an, a unit, whether it's offense or defense, gets a new coordinator and a new scheme, it takes time to learn it. How how comfortable do you feel right now with with fitting into Coach Gonzalez's scheme? Uh, I feel pretty comfortable. You know, uh, last year we ran a four-three. Uh, according to our defense, so now we run a three-three-five, and I'm feeling really, really comfortable with the scheme that we're running and the people that I have alongside with me. Because you know what the um, the plays that we're running, I'm either head up mm-hmm. or on the shade or in a two, so it's really going to confuse the offense of where I'm going. So by uh, getting off the getting off the snap of the ball, attacking, 
being able to make plays, not just for me, but just for the team, you know, it's going to come to production and everything. So. That's a great point. I would think that, as you, as you describe it, it allows you, playing in the middle, exactly. to, to be more flexible, to go more places. Exactly. To be, as you said, to confuse the offense more about where is he going. To be more versatile, still just having gap control, we're just attacking, you know, just getting after it, play by play. Let me remind uh, our, our friends that uh, our program is brought to you in part by Coors Light for the world's most refreshing beer. 21 means 21. Celebrate responsibly with Coors Light, Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. All right, now for DeMonte King as a defensive back in a 3-3-5, how does that change responsibilities on pass plays? Uh, you know, you got more uh, vision on the QB, so you play a little more comfortable, more downhill, of course, you know what I'm saying? And I, I think it allows you to make more plays in general. I had never thought about that, but that's a great point. You get a clear view of what the quarterback, and you can read his eyes a little bit better yep. when there's not as much traffic at the line of scrimmage. Definitely, and with more DBs on the field, that's just more eyes on the QB. Now, one position, and we'll talk with Coach Gonzalez about this in our next segment, the Tillman position is kind of a – it can be a little bit of anything. It can move inside, move outside, right? Mm-hmm. Definitely. you got to have a, a – a wide range of skills to play that position. You know what I'm saying? You're playing a little bit of linebacker, a little bit of safety, a little bit of, you know, covering here and there. You know what I mean? you got to do a little bit of everything there. It's interesting, and, and Coach Edwards has talked a lot about secondary play. The media asked him quite a bit about it because that's the position he played. Mm-hmm. And he had an interesting quote a while back. I think it was last week. He said, everybody thinks they can play quarterback until they play cornerback. And then oh, they yeah. find out how tough it is. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, I think DB is a position like everyone watches on TV and they say, like, oh, he should have made this play. He should have did this. But in reality, man, it's just the little things that will get you beat in that position. It's, it's probably the hardest, one of the hardest positions to play in any sport. Rennell, as a defensive lineman, and I think this is something maybe fans, and I'll include myself in this, don't think about a great deal, is how many things you have to read at the snap of the ball, even before the snap. When the offense comes to the line of scrimmage, gets set in their formation, it, it right up front, you're having to process a lot of stuff right before the ball snap, right? Exactly. Um, so basically, that the plays ever run... Um, for me, being a nose tackle, just focusing on the interior, the interior offensive linemen, the guards in the center and everything, and the plays that we're running, um, I'm just looking to execute and to find a gap that's open according to what I'm running and just making the play. And, you know, like I said from earlier, um, it's not about me making the plays all the time, but just being the most disruptor, just mo- the most disruptive player, you know, in the nation. That's my goal. Well, and I think a lot of people are, are feeling like that's a that's a goal that's very much within your reach. Let me, I'm going to put you guys on the spot a little bit. Then you've been practicing against your own offensive line. I'm going to start with Rennell on this in terms of the line. They return a whole lot of people. Right. You get a, a, a transfer in from Stanford who's going to make an immediate impact. Exactly. How has the offensive line performed? They're not here, so whatever you say, oh, it's yeah. not going to oh, get yeah. back to them. Oh yeah, it's all good. Um, the offensive lineman is. They're nice. Big big up front, huge. You know, they ready to play. Uh, I'm not worried about the offense at all. You know, I ain't worried about the defense at all, too. You know, I have faith in my team. So, you know, when we uh, kick it off for UTSA, I'm just ready to get after it. Now, uh, DeMonte, as far as the secondary goes, I would think that one thing that might be a relief to you Saturday night is, oh, boy, I don't have to face Manny throwing the ball anymore like I had to in practice. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Uh, Manny, you know what I'm saying, he get out there and he, he does his thing. You know, he's one of the best in the country. So, I mean, it is a relief, you know what I mean, but it's also a relief to go against somebody else and, and attack another team from once. 
I'm going to ask you all uh, both individually, and we're with Rennell Wren and DeMonte King here on All Aboard with Herm Edwards, Jeff Munn for Tim Healy. You are, you've been named defensive team captains. Right. I want to ask, start with you, Rennell. What uh, the significance of that to you? That must be a very special honor. Well, first and foremost, uh, I'd like to thank my Lord and Savior for putting me in a position to where I'm at now. Um, second off, now is not about me. It's about the team. Third thing is I have to hold myself to a higher standard other than everybody else. Not that I'm being showed with favoritism and everything, but just because I'm called higher, I have to lead by example. And not just by words, but by actions as well. So, And it's, I, I've, I've always found in sports that the best leaders are the guys that lead by example. Exactly. Now, DeMonte, uh, same question. You're a team captain. It has to be a tremendous honor. It is, man. I think it's one of the uh, the biggest accolades you can get in any team sport. It, it, this this was something that wasn't voted on by uh, just talent or by your coaches who they like. This was voted by my peers, you know, and it meant a lot to me that, that I won that and they thought that of me. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, to that end, and again, this, either one of you can answer this or both of you can answer it. Mm-hmm. It is a leadership position, and this is a young defense. There's a lot of, I don't want to use the word inexperience. There's a lot of talent. But you see a lot of sophomores, uh, juniors sprinkled in here and there. And so leadership becomes really important. And, the, and a lot of those guys on the defensive side of the ball are going to be looking to both of you mm-hmm. to just kind of guide them through, especially the early part of the season. Exactly. Uh, the biggest thing what you were saying was guidance. Uh, we're definitely going to have to guide our defense this year. Um, disregarded them being young, I have trust. I have faith in them. You know, we have two freshman linebackers that are starting for UTSA so you know I've been getting on them at practice making sure they speaking loud and everything because for them for being from high school to college now it's a whole different atmosphere um, the noise you know just all the the rowling and etc so like I said from early you just gotta take it play by play and you know just get after it I got about uh, two minutes before we get to a break DeMonte I, I, I'm gonna skip over that last subject and go immediately to uh, Saturday night with UTSA. Okay. They've got a, a new starter at quarterback. It's going to be his first game as the starter. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't want you to give away the game plan, <laughs> but I'll start with DeMonte first. As you prepare for a guy who's never started a, a D1 college football game before, in the back of your mind, I'm sure you're thinking there's some things that we can exploit here. Uh, definitely, but, you know, every quarterback at one point wasn't a starter at D1, but you know what I'm saying? So everyone right. had their, their first game. But uh, there, there are definitely some things we think we can exploit through the game plan, through the scheme. Not really so narrowed in on who the QB is, more so narrowed in on what we're doing on our side. So, I mean, that, that, that aspect is definitely there, but we're more so focused on handling what we have to do on our side of the ball. Well, and that ties into you as well, Rennell, because up on the line, and, and Coach Edwards has said it, the thing that you have to do in college football these days, pressure the quarterback. <laughs> And that falls to guys like you, and you're going to be facing a guy making his first start. Right. And I'm certain that you look at it and think to yourself, we've got some opportunities to put some pressure on a, on a guy making his first start. Most definitely. It will be uh, 
quite a quite the experience to uh, start off this new uh, era of Sun Devil football. Right. As you guys both uh, defensive captains, and uh, we congratulate you on that honor. We're looking forward to Saturday night against UTSA. I know you are too. So good luck Saturday night, guys, and I appreciate you coming by. Almost definitely. I appreciate you. Appreciate it. Rennell Rand, King, Sun Devil defensive team captains. When we come back, defensive coordinator Danny Gonzalez. How about that 335? We'll discuss it with him next on All Aboard with Herm Edwards right after this break on the Sun Devil Radio Network. This is All Aboard presented by Coors Light. Third quarter. Wow, third quarter. This show's moving. And we're at, and we're at the Lodge Sasquatch Kitchen, and uh, they're telling me I need to remind the crowd to make some noise. No, he said make some noise. Okay, very good. Hey, a reminder, our program is brought to you in part by Lyft. On game day, leave the driving to Lyft. Proud partner of Sun Devil Athletics. Download the app and enter the code SUNDEVILS for $5 off your first four rides. And we're also brought to you by Coors Light, the world's most refreshing beer, who says 21 means 21. Celebrate responsibly with Coors Light, Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. We are at the Lodge Sasquatch Kitchen. Uh, reminder, great food. A lot of people are enjoying the food here. Are you enjoying the food here at the Lodge? Yeah, I thought so. A uh, couple of housekeeping reminders uh, before we introduce our next guest. Saturday night, ASU UTSA. Kickoff is at 7.30. That means our coverage starts at 5.30 with the tailgate show. Yours truly and another new member to our team, a fellow that you know very well, Jordan Simone is going to be. Jordan would really appreciate it if you applauded for him, too, because, yeah, he, he always... He, he always asks me, he goes, how many people are applauding for me? So I just want to tell him, a lot of people applauded for you. But Jordan and I will have the tailgate show at 5.30. Uh, Tim Healy and myself will have countdown to kickoff at 6.30. And then Tim, Jeff Van Raphorst, and Jordan Simone will have the call beginning at 7.30. And also remember, Saturday morning at 7, the Anderson Healy Show on ESPN Phoenix 620. The uh, vice president of university athletics, Ray Anderson, joins you to talk all things Sun Devil Athletics. Right now... We're going to talk all things defense with our next guest, ASU's new defensive coordinator, Danny Gonzalez. Danny, welcome to Sun Devil Country and welcome to the All Aboard Show. Thank you. Very, very excited to be here. Thank you for having me on the show. I think this is one of the most fascinating parts of this new season is the 3-3-5 alignment. So I, I'm going to just start kind of from the, the ground floor on this. The concept of the 3-3-5, and, and it's very effective, and, and Herm has been very quick to point out that San Diego State, where you coached last year, you shut down a pretty good power running team in Stanford a year ago. We did. So it's an effective defense against the run and the pass, right? It is. It is. Go ahead. It all comes down to players. We had good players there. We've got good players here, and uh, we'll evaluate the best ones. And, and we were 3-3-5, but that doesn't mean that we're going to have three down linemen every time. We're going to put the best players out there if that means we got four down linemen we'll we'll do it we're just we evaluate the scheme and, and make it work and i and i've heard the word versatility and pursuit used in connection with your scheme that you want the everybody all 11 players to be in a mindset of following the guy with the ball pursuit attack and hit i do i think the the guys have run more in the past nine months than they ever thought was possible and uh if they play hard, they're always around the football, and good things happen. And they're they're starting to they're figuring it out. It's becoming a habit now, and and I'm excited to see them on Saturday night. If if a fan looked things in their mind about a three three five alignment, and I'm a fan, and I I admit I'm 
I'm not an expert on defensive football, but the first thing that comes to my mind is how do you adjust to a team that is running the ball outside? If you've got three guys, three guys, and then five, it obviously, as I said, you're pretty good in defending the run when you've got the right personnel. But it comes down to utilizing that extra defensive back, I would assume, or the Tillman, as we call it. You know, the, the Tillman, is uh, he's got to be a special player. I mean, he plays both linebacker, he plays corner. I mean, he's got to be able to cover the best wide out with no help. He's got to be able to line up in the box and take on 300-pound old lineman. Uh, I mean, usually, I mean you, you said it, you hear 3-3-5, and if the offense has got two tight ends and they've got six guys with a hand on the ground and you've only got three, there's a big disadvantage. But what we do is, is we can get into every traditional defense. We just do it a thousand different ways. I mean, you get in a strong eagle where you have a, a guy lined up on the outside edge of the guard and the outside edge of the center. Well, one time we might line up that way. One time we might slant that way. One, might, one time instead of having a, a 300-pound three technique, we might run a 230-pound, 240-pound linebacker through that gap and, and get the same look. It's just it gives the offense a whole lot of perspective to prepare for. And Rennell was just talking about that the last segment, uh, about how he can, it, just in his position at the nose tackle, can be a, a guy that poses problems because the, the offense cannot anticipate what he's going to do. We use the word deception so much on offense in football, yes. but you're talking deception on defense, and that's not a word that gets used a lot, uh, at least not that I've heard. Right. But deception on defense, that's a big key to making this work. You know, we are a, we, we are a lot of movement up front, and so the advantage that that gives us is the offense isn't able to target our guys as easily. They don't know where they're always going to be. One time they might be slanting this way and one time that way. So it, it, and it slows them down off the ball a little bit, and it gives our guys an advantage because we're, I mean, we're preaching to them all the time. Attack, be aggressive, be mean. Attack, be aggressive. And so if they, if they are the ones delivering the blow and not taking the blow, we have the advantage. You know, I was, I was at the White Mountain Steak Fry in June, and Coach Edwards uh, was talking to the, uh, the White Mountain alumni chapter up there, and he talked about that and said anybody that's not prepared – to go all out defensively won't even get to put the uniform on That's right. and he mentioned the word we are you know he said we're going to hit we're going to make certain people know that when we're on defense we hit that's right we're going to be a physical physical mean group and uh i think it's a, it's a fun game and there's only certain people that can play it and we've got a we've got a good mix of those guys and they've they've learned since we started the spring ball there's an expectation we have on how hard you're going to play and how physical you're going to be and if you can't do it, you're not going to be around. And that's okay. It's not for everybody. Right. Sun Devil Defensive Coordinator Danny Gonzalez joins us. And a reminder that we're brought to you by Coors Light, the world's most refreshing beer. 21 means 21. Celebrate responsibly with Coors Light, Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. The other thing that, that Coach talked about the other day, uh, last week to the media, was about tackling. And he had a great phrase. He said, we will not be a great defensive team until we become a great tackling team. So my question to you is, how do you feel about the tackling that your defense is performing right now? You know, I think what they've done a great job of, I, t- I talked about at the beginning, and you, you mentioned it, pursuit. Okay, We're going to run hard to the ball and, and convincing those guys up front. I mean, Rennell, he's six foot six. He's 300 pounds. I mean, he, he looks everything you want a D-lineman to look. When the quarterback drops back and throws the ball 50 yards downfield and I'm yelling at Rennell, hey, sprint, go. He's not going to make the play. He understands that, but now it's a habit. So if it's a short pass or it's just jet screen or redirection and one of the DBs misses a tackle but he misses in the right spot, well, now Rennell cleans him up because he's playing hard and running to the football. So I'm, I'm happy with where we're at on those guys knowing 
if they miss, where to miss, so that the rest of the guys can get them down. And we, the plan is, if, if we're having success, you're going to see three, four, five, and six guys on every tackle. And what happens is, when, when those things happen, if you're around the ball with four or five guys, the ball squirts out sometimes, and we're going to be around it to recover. So then you get the turnovers, and that stuff becomes, it becomes very, um, uh, can't think of the word, uh, not a habit, but you uh, contagious. Yeah, it becomes contagious, very contagious, and then all of a sudden the ball keeps coming out. Tip balls on interceptions. Now you got guys around the pile, and those tip balls aren't going to the ground. We're intercepting them, and we create short fields for the offense. You know, the other thing about uh, the defensive side of things is we're in an era, obviously, where a lot of teams are using the spread, the read option. I know at San Diego State, you saw a great deal of it. Uh, a guy that used to coach here, Jay Norvell, was on yes. the staff a few years ago, installing a read option up at Nevada, and. Uh, Coach Edwards talked at Media Day about the real key to slowing down the spread is to pressure the quarterback. Absolutely. You want the pressure to come from a lot of different places, but I would think that, especially with a guy as talented as Rennell in the middle, that pressure up the middle is is really vital to make the quarterback move a little out of his comfort zone. Yes, I mean, we're our idea to stop the spread is one, like you mentioned a second ago, you have to be able to tackle because we're going we're gonna to put more numbers in the box than they can block. Well, if they're going to put more numbers in the box, the great thing about the spread is all they do, the quarterback, is it's an easy offense. They come out, they count. We got six in the box, they got five blockers, they're going to throw it out there where they outnumber us on the perimeter. Well, if our DBs are aggressive, they run inside out and they tackle and the rest of the guys are pursuing, that stuff doesn't work. So guys like Rennell, who are big, we can put movement, he gets in the quarterback's face. It's hard for a quarterback to throw over a guy that's six feet six, got his hands in the air. So... He does a great job getting pressure up the middle. We'll give him some stuff where we'll stunt some linebackers, we'll stunt some safeties, we'll stunt some corners, and we'll just we'll just cause havoc for the quarterback and give him bad reads. And if we can play man coverage and tackle, every once in a while you give the quarterback his own look and he throws one right to you. So if we can mix it up, as long as we can tackle on the perimeter, everything will be good. Coach said uh, earlier tonight on the show that uh, you, you, you run to win. To win games, you have to be able to run. And I think of last year when you brought uh, your San Diego State defense in here, you, when you had a back like Rashard Penny, that made your defense a lot more effective because because with Penny back there, he could control the tempo. Absolutely. Your defense wasn't getting worn out. And it goes into what Coach Edwards is saying about if we're effective running the football, obviously the offense is going to be effective, but your defense is going to be even more effective. Absolutely. I mean, the, the thing that I preach to everybody about – if we're watching our offense move the ball down the field, they aren't getting yards and they aren't scoring points. So we're playing pretty good defense watching them. Yep. So uh, Coach Likens and them, they've done a great job. I mean, Eno Benjamin, he's got a lot of the similarities to Rashad Penny. Uh, he's, he's a physical runner. They're going to have a hard time tackling him. Isaiah Floyd, uh, he gives you a little bit of a, a different combination. He's a little bit smaller, but you can't see him in the backfield. He squirts out of there. He has the ability to go 80 yards like Rashad did. So we've got those guys that can run the football. Uh, I'm tired of going against them in practice, especially <laughs> Isaiah. You can't see him. Uh, our guys are, are ready to go against somebody else and play somebody else. And, you know, I mean, every, a coach is only a good coach if he has good players. And I think we've got a bunch of guys around here that are very interested, good players. And that gives you a chance. I mean, there's not a single coach on our staff that's going to make a tackle, throw a pass, catch a ball. The players are. And 
give all those guys the credit. We'll give them a chance, but coaches don't win games. They can lose games, but they don't win games. The players win games. Well, we can't wait to see uh, everything unfold starting Saturday night against UTSA. Coach, I appreciate the visit. Good luck Saturday night. Thank Good you. luck this season, and welcome again to Sunday. Thank you. I'm excited to be here. Danny Gonzalez, Arizona State Defensive Coordinator. Fourth quarter, Coach Edwards is coming back, and we'll look at some big picture things as we get ready for the season opener. That's right after this break on the Sun Devil Radio Network. The fourth quarter is next on All Aboard with Sun Devil Head Football Coach Herm Edwards. And we are back at the Lodge Sasquatch Kitchen. Let me remind you that uh, we're here. It is located at... Yeah, you can applaud. Come on. What are we doing here? Everybody they're, applaud. They're there we go. Oh, they're, they're eating. They're eating. They're That's, doing good. That reminds me. I want to ask you about that. The Lodge is at First Street and Farmer. It's great scratch-made food and ample free parking. I saw it. Coach Edwards is back with us, of course. I'm Jeff Munn for Tim Healy. I saw you sampling the food. How is it? Oh, the tortilla soup is excellent. Okay, there you go. And the food here is excellent. Coach. I mean, the, look, the service, this is a great spot. Then we'll be here every Thursday night during the season talking Sun Devil football. Tim will usually be here, uh, obviously, and he'll be back with us on Saturday night for the season opener against UTSA. The, the Lodge was also featured on Diners, Drive-Ins, and Dives. Guy Fieri. If Guy Fieri comes check out your restaurant, you're a good restaurant. That's exactly right. That's, you got that right. And we are brought to you also by Coors Light, the world's most refreshing beer. 21 means 21. Celebrate responsibly with Coors Light, Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. It's been really enjoyable to listen to you talk to the media after the practices. And you said something Monday that I wanted you to expand on for the fans. Sure. Somebody asked you about what are you going to say to the team before you come out Saturday night. And you said, well, I don't know what I'm going to say to them. I said, I can't tell you what I'm going to say to them in general because even I don't know what I'm going to say. But the last thing I'm going to tell them is... Have fun. Have fun. Have fun. And, and when you walk out of that stadium, there's a statue there. It's Pat Tillman. And we all know uh, uh, one of the heroes here in Arizona. And um, I, I think the passion that he lived his life, uh, how he played football, uh, is, is indicative of how the game should be played. And uh, if you have that passion and you have that uh, energy, uh, whatever happens on the field, you can live with Right, and, and that's I, what you got to be able to do. And you said that, too, that if you go out and give maximum effort, you have no regrets. None. And, and that's one thing I learned playing this great game is, is when I left the field as a player, I left it all out there for my teammates. And, and you know, and, and that's what you play for. You play for your teammates. play for the guys in the huddle. Right. Uh, because you put all this work in for each other. That there's this bond. There's this trust. That's what makes the game so unique. <laughs> yeah, Absolutely. You know, you've talked also on occasion about uh, your very strong relationship with Dick Vermeil. I watched a film. Uh, they, they did a film on Coach Vermeil, NFL Films did, and I watched it on YouTube over the summer where he talked about his experience in St. Louis at the Rams, and he said, I had to learn to kind of just let the coaches coach and step back a little bit. And I thought, wait a minute. That's, that's the formula we're using here. And so I, I thought to myself, well, wait a minute. Everybody keeps asking questions about how they're going to do this. That's how they're going to do it. Well, I think, you know, Coach Vermeil recruited me when I came out of high school. I knew the man when I was 17 years old and ended up going to Cal rather than UCLA and then played for him mm-hmm. my, basically my whole career really in Philadelphia. Uh, and uh, he just, it's funny you say his name because he texted me yesterday. I was going to ask. <laughs> he said, good luck. We love you. Me and Carol love you. We're pulling for you. 
Uh, that's his wife, Carol. You know, and um, you know, I think Dick learned a valuable lesson in Philadelphia, and then when he went back to St. Louis to coach right. the Rams, he, he, was, he was a different coach. And I think the, the more you stay in this business, the more you learn. You always learn. And, and I've learned this from coaches. I learned this from Tony Dungeon, who we came in the league together, and I coached with him. I was assistant head coach in Tampa for all those years with Tony. And um, the thing he taught me was you, you delegate to your coaches their responsibilities, and then you help them to be successful. With that being said, it's not like you don't get involved in coaching, but you have a soft hand, not a hard hand. And you're always trying to suggest things uh, to, 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 to sometimes to get them out of their comfort zone. Right. But, but Tony was a guy that was very organized and very disciplined in what he wanted. He had a vision, and he wanted his coaches to understand the vision. And then from there, they went about their day's work. I can't let uh, this program go tonight, and you've talked about this a couple of times in the last couple of days without mentioning Senator John McCain. Yeah. I know that you didn't get a chance to meet him, but I think all of us in this room, in one way or another, were impacted by his sacrifice, his example of service, and I know that that touched you very much as well. Well, it did. My father was in the Army, as as people know, fought in the Korean War in World War II, and uh, I learned at a very young age that freedom is never free. Uh, People every day are standing somewhere giving us the the freedom to sit here tonight and, and enjoy this. Uh, and when you think about Senator McCain, um, the thing that I liked about him the most, I didn't know him personally, but when I would hear him speak, he was a uniter of people. Mm-hmm. He wanted to, to make sure that America was headed in the right direction. And America is a melting pot of all different societies and cultures. And he understood that. And uh, what he went through and what uh, he was what he was put through uh, when, when obviously he was in, you know, POW. I yes. Mean, yeah. And, and, and the stories you hear of, of how he, you know, his mental toughness and, and, and what he wanted for his men rather than his self, that, that's, that's, that's an outstanding story. That's one of those stories you look at and you go, wow, you, you have to respect the man. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, I, I think I agree, and I know you would agree, too, that his legacy is going to continue to just go on and on and on. All right, back on the subject of football for a second before we close this out. Uh, I also got a kick the other day in, in your press conference when somebody was asking you. I don't remember what the question was, but you reacted like you were asked, do you know where to go when you come out of the tunnel? <laughs> they, were, they were asking you about, would you go out of the tunnel first? And you said, no, it's not about me. It's about the team. And then you said, don't worry. I know what sideline to go to. And, that's, and the reason I bring that up is because you've said this a number of times. It's not like you haven't been around football. You've been coaching. You've just been coaching in Bristol, Connecticut for the last nine years. I've been coaching millions of fans. Right. And um, I, I, didn't, I didn't have a team, per se. But you never stop coaching football. Right. I mean, Coach Vermeil, who coached me right. back in, as a professional football player, calls me once every two weeks. Yeah. And he's giving me advice. My high school coach called me three nights ago. My high school wow. coach. <laughs> I've heard you talk about him, too. Oh, Dan Albert. Dan yeah. Albert, one of the best. Taught me how to play football. And, yeah. um, you know, when, you, when you've been in the coaching profession or you've been in football, period, you, you, you look at the game, and, and the game is who you are. It's a part of your life. You don't forget, you don't forget about how to coach football or play football. That doesn't happen. It's, yeah. it's, it's like being a football fan, right? right? You're a football fan at five years old. 
at 50 years old, you're still a football fan. Yeah. Well, you don't you don't change. Now you might change teams, but, but you don't change your alliance to football. Right. Well, that's a great way to close it out. Saturday night, 7:30, UTSA. Coach, thank you very much. Pleasure good luck. Mine. We're thank glad you. to have you. Oh, it's good to be here, Coach. Head Coach Herman Edwards with us. And we thank you for joining us this evening on our premier edition of All Aboard with Herm Edwards. Tim Healy will be back Saturday night, and he'll be here every Thursday from the Lodge Sasquatch Kitchen. I'm Jeff Munn. Thanks for being with us. And you've been listening to All Aboard with Herm Edwards, a presentation of the Sun Devil Radio Network. been listening to All Aboard with Sun Devil football coach Herm Edwards. All Aboard is presented by Coors Light and airs live from the Lodge Sasquatch Kitchen in Tempe. Arizona State football is an exclusive presentation of the Sun Devil Radio Network presented by Mid First Bank.